Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Inquisitive Introvert Podcast. I am super excited today to be joined by Kimberly Wilson, who is the founder of HUD. HUD is an app that will be launching later this year, primarily in D.C. and New York. That's the first stop, but later on, it'll be nationwide by the end of the year. And it's an app that allows African-Americans and Latinos to find doctors that are also African-American and Latino. I came across this on my Instagram randomly, just kind of scrolling, and this sort of popped up. And as someone that works in the healthcare field, I know that there's a huge disparity in health outcomes, primarily with African-Americans. You know, we get the short end of the stick. So when I came across Kimberly and her product, I was like, I need to talk to this woman as soon as possible. So she was kind enough to be interviewed for a few minutes. Um, so I really hope that you guys enjoy it. Again, this is Kimberly Wilson, the founder of Hugh. Check it out, guys. Thanks a lot. Kimberly, I just kind of wanted to know what inspired you to create this app? Yeah. So as you may know, healthcare disparities in this country run rampant and the numbers are just astronomical. When you think African-Americans and Latinos experience 30 to 40 percent poor health conditions than white Americans in this country. And I was really inspired to start Hugh just dealing with my own healthcare complications and having to work with providers or seek out providers who didn't really care kind of about my physical or mental needs as a Black woman. I live in New York City. I have access to the top quality care, some of the best care that I can actually find in the country. And after being diagnosed with fibroids at the end of 2017, I found that I visited just multiple white male OBGYNs and gynecologists, and they were kind of dismissive of the pain that I was going through. And if you know anything about fibroids, you understand that it's a Black woman issue. Up to Mm -hmm. 80% of Black women will be diagnosed with fibroids by the time they're 50, or will have them by the time they're 50. And because fibroids come at varying stages, you can go mm-hmm. your entire life and never have one complication and never even know that you have it. Or if you're like me, I was in a lot of the hospital and I discovered only after having an MRI over 30 of them. And wow. if you know what fibroids are, they're benign tumors that grow in your uterus. So if you think that I had over 30 of them, they were kind of the sheer size and amount of them, one kind of misplaced or moved to my uterus, the location of my uterus. But then they started to function as my other organs. So if you can imagine, I was just in tremendous pain. So the largest was the size of a grapefruit and the smallest the size of a strawberry. So I had to get that removed from, like, I was seeking out, like, how do I shrink these? Or because I just wanted to feel better. And it was a really kind of traumatic experience to go through. It was the first time I had ever had, like, a health or medical complication. But at the same time, fibroids are so common. And because they're so common... The doctors just treated me as if it was just any old issue and you'll be fine. I had one doctor tell me, just take Advil. But the reason I went to her care that day was because I couldn't get out of bed. Oh, <laughs> wow. And, you know, the pain was just so paralyzing to me that I needed other options. So, you know, after going to that doctor and visiting others, the issue that I had was that other doctors, two other doctors tried to push me down the route of having a hysterectomy. And if you understand anything about their uterus just in general or being a woman, at the time I was 30. So having a doctor tell you, you have these large tumors, of course they're benign, so there was nothing to worry about. But because of the size, you don't want to have other complications. And 
to have a hysterectomy would have meant that I would have had to remove my uterus and that would have prevented me from ever having kids. And I think you're never faced with the thought of something until you have to make a decision. But I thought that, wow, how did we get here? Like, I just learned that I had this within the, like, within the past six months. And I just felt like after doing research, I said, well, is there anything holistic I could do when they kind of, well, you know, we still don't know what the cause of them are, but we know it's very prevalent in black women. Needless to say, I kind of was talking to friends about the experiences that I was going through because I really wanted a black woman physician, but I couldn't find one in New York because who better to see than a black woman if you're dealing with something that black women are impacted by. So it wasn't until talking to a friend where she said, well, you should talk to another mutual friend of ours because she has a lot of fibroids as well. And her OBGYN is a black woman. Unfortunately, she was in Baltimore, Maryland. So because I was like in desperate need of trying to find a black woman OBGYN, I traveled all the way down to John Hopkins, Baltimore, Maryland to find one. And I just felt that was so ridiculous that I couldn't, like I couldn't find one on Zocdoc or, and we know that they're here. We just, the only way that we get tapped into healthcare providers is through personal recommendations. They're African-Americans and Hispanics make up approximately 14% of the doctor population. But if you look on Zocdoc, we're represented less than 3%. So ultimately that means it's harder for us to find those doctors because we're not on that platform. And I just felt we need something specific to us because outside of dealing with that, being a black person in this country and wanting to find a black therapist to talk about the traumas of being black in America or maybe microaggressions in the workplace, or I might, which I do have, but if I'm seeking for seeking a black dermatologist, somebody who deals with pigmented skin and melanin and just issues that impact us specifically. But again, as I mentioned, you're only able to find these through word of mouth. I was always seeing People post on Facebook or in groups I'm in or in group me or text messages, but there was no centralized platform for it. So I wanted to create something to kind of aid in that. In addition, just in general, the state of healthcare in this country, we also have to advocate for ourselves. So statistically, there's been a number of studies that have showed that white and non-black doctors think that we are over-exaggerating our pains, and I experienced that. Serena Williams talked about it when she was going through the birth of her child, having to advocate for her pain and her needs. And we know that Black women have the highest rates of maternal mortality. So it's just so many things that impact us in terms of maternal mortality or having the highest rates of heart disease or diabetes, or all of these things. But I think when people think about the barriers to quality care in this country for people of color, we often think about economic when you think about zip coding or geographic barriers, but we don't think about the psychological barriers that are impacting us by not seeing providers that look like us. So long story short, that was all of the reasons for me wanting to start the platform. Did you guys have, or did you have any sort of connection to the medical community before? Like, did you work in healthcare? Like, did you just sort of discover all this while you were going through this pain and this frustration? So the irony is that I do not come from healthcare and I don't come from technology. Yeah, so neither one of those things. It was just me being a need and coming up with the solution to the problem. Wow. And how has it been sort of finding funding for this app and, and being an entrepreneur? How has that, have you come across the same barriers of people mm-hmm. ignoring you and not wanting to give you funding or is this 
and not being listened to, because I think this is a need. It's like here in Chicago, pretty much the same problem. You know, you have to search high and low for a Black doctor to kind of fulfill your needs. So what has your experience been in that realm? Yeah, so we're still early stage. So all of the funding has come through myself. I've bootstrapped my company, so paying for everything in terms of technology, in terms of marketing, in terms of legal. So because it is a barrier to get funding, and I don't come from a household or I don't come from wealth in that sense where I have family members so I could say, hey, invest a million dollars into my company. Hey, invest 150000 I had to kind of build things from the ground up. And I could talk for days just about the numbers of Black women founders and how we are not getting investments or large companies. But yeah, I just, I couldn't sit around and wait for somebody to give me something. If I wanted to really create something that was impactful, I had to do it for myself. Sure. And is Hewitt available just in in New York City and D.C. so far? And I'm I'm guessing you guys are going to expand to other major cities. So we're prepping for our launch within the next two weeks, in fact. And it will launch initially in New York to D.C. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I'm really excited about this. (laughs) If you guys come to Chicago, please let us know. I'll be happy to help spread the word. Absolutely. Yeah. So New York and Washington, D.C. are primary markets just to launch initially and then going out to Chicago, Detroit, Atlanta, Houston, Dallas, the San Francisco Bay Area, Los Angeles, and I'm probably forgetting a market. But yeah, as and then before we launch nationally. That is outstanding. And Kim, I know you're limited on time. I know we only have like maybe five more minutes left. But for Black women that do have a fibroid, what is your best advice that they can do? Because I know it's such a common problem and it's painful. So as you mentioned, what can they do? What's the first step? Oh, that's a tough question, right? Because as I mentioned, we're all in varying stages. The first thing I would suggest is get checked, go to the doctor, get a CAT scan, get an MRI, just to know where you stand. Because for some women too, they grow really fast. So the culmination of my story is that I found a black woman surgeon. When I went to her, she said to me, you do have a large amount of fibroids. Like, you have to do something about it. But the solution to her, she said, you do not need a hysterectomy. Like, they took me from zero to 100. She said, you have other options. Said, you know, laparoscopic or an abdominal myomectomy. And because of the size, I ended up getting an abdominal myomectomy with her December 18th that just passed. I say all that to say, don't listen to, don't also do not listen to somebody's first opinion of what they think that you should do. Because if mm-hmm. I was listening to the doctors who told me that, I would have changed the course of my life tenfold. But in going to this woman who specializes in non-invasive surgery and specializes in fibroids, she gave me another alternative where I was able to remove the large majority of my fibroids. But the reason I say you need to figure out where you are and constantly get checked because mm-hmm. even though I had my abdominal myomectomy, they can grow back. But, you know, that was something that I was told ahead of my surgery, like, hey, these are tumors at the end of the day. So although these are not cancerous, if you think about people who have cancerous tumors, those cells and those tumors can come back. So I think it's really important to focus on assessing where you are, assessing your needs, assessing your pain. And then though there are no true cures to fibroids, 
there are things that they recommend in terms of diet, in terms of exercise and healthy eating, which are all battles that I'm dealing with myself. But I know ultimately in the long run, there are going to have to be significant changes that I need to make if I don't want these to grow back. So, yeah, I think that would just be kind of my best piece of advice. Awesome. And Kimberly, if people want to find out more about you, where can they find uh, you on social media? Yeah, so you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and we're just at HughesCo, so H-E-E-D-C-O. And if you find us on Twitter, our name is We Are Huge, so W-E-A-R-E-H-U-E-D. Great. Thank you so much, Kimberly. I really appreciate it. I wish you the best of luck. And uh, I'll be checking in when you guys expand to Chicago, because I think it's awesome what you're doing. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate just getting this platform overall. Oh, no worries, Kimberly. Take care and you have a great day. You too. Bye. 